Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome across America. It's the Eric Erickson Show. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, delighted to have you. As always, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. You can follow me around social media. I'm going to step on a lot of toes, probably burn some bridges with some people right now. Over the last several years and on the days of arraignments and indictments, the media worries and frets about the rise of right-wing extremism in America. And every time they talk about January 6th, they talk about President Trump provoking people to storm the Capitol, an insurrection, they call it. His rhetoric led to violence that day. Can we talk about the American press corps terrorists? I firmly believe that the mainstream American media is generating a new army of terrorists. And I need to say going into this, I'm not being flippant. I'm not being cynical. I'm not willfully being provocative. I'm deadly serious. The American press corps is building, inspiring, enabling, provoking, prompting an army of terrorists. because of how they cover climate change. I want to focus on a story today. National Public Radio, NPR. This is the story from NPR. This is the headline. Three quarters of Republicans prioritize the economy over climate change. Let me just focus on the start of this story. It's hot, and some apparently don't mind it that way. The latest heat wave is fueled by human-caused climate change from burning fossil fuels, but despite the settled science, the overwhelming evidence, and the billions of dollars in increases for disaster preparation and recovery that climate change is costing the country— Republicans have grown more and more skeptical of the need to prioritize fixing it. In NPR's tweet of this story, and how they frame it, it's hot, some don't mind it that way, it's settled science, it's human-caused climate change, And this is their story from July 25th that they linked to. The life-threatening heat waves that have baked U.S. cities and inflamed European wildfires in recent weeks would be, quote-unquote, virtually impossible without the influence of human-caused climate change, a team of international researchers said Tuesday. In fact, we have seen this 
story over and over and over. Multiple media outlets in this country now have reporters on their payroll who are actually funded by environmental nonprofits, and their entire job is to write climate alarmism stories to provoke people. Now, I got to put all of this in context for you. First of all, let me get this is this is again the NPR story. Global temperatures have increased nearly 2 degrees Fahrenheit since the start of the industrial revolution when humans started burning fossil fuels such as coal and natural gas in earnest. Notice that they always say this is the start of the industrial revolution. We, you know when the industrial revolution started? The end of the little ice age in the 1800s. So what they do is they say it's the it's the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. What they don't say is we were actually in a little ice age. It, everyone acknowledges we were in a little ice age where, where temperatures were below normal. And so they start from there and say we're two degrees above that period of time where we were actually below normal. It's a it's a twisting of language and fact. They're 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 willfully spinning a narrative. And leaving out a key detail that, hey, the Industrial Revolution happened to start when we were in what is widely known as the Little Ice Age of the 1800s. But there's something else here that's being missed from all of the NPR coverage, from all of the coverage at Axios, from all the coverage at Politico, from all the coverage at CNN, from all the coverage at MSNBC, from all the coverage at the major news outlets of America. There is a key detail about this heat wave they're missing. Every single one of these news outlets has done a major story on this global heat wave. In fact, there's a story today that it's winter in South America, and yet temperatures are about 100 degrees in the Amazon, and everybody's missing a key story. I want to roll back the clock to January 15th of 2022. That's the day Hunga and I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sure, Haape volcano in the island nation of Tonga exploded. This is how the New York Times chose to cover it in September of 2022. The volcano exploded January 15th of 2022, and on September 22nd of 2022, the New York Times wrote this. The eruption of an underwater volcano in the Pacific Ocean in January that was so large it produced a global shockwave also spewed huge amounts of water vapor into the upper atmosphere, where it may cause a small short-term spike in global warming, scientists said Thursday. The injection of what the researchers estimated was at least 55 million tons of water vapor into the stratosphere may also temporarily cause more depletion of the protective ozone layer in the atmosphere. The eruption of the Hunga Tonga Hunga Haape volcano in the island nation of Tonga on January 15th was the largest in decades. It spawned a tsunami that devastated parts of Tonga, as well as smaller tsunamis thousands of miles distant that were caused by changes in air pressure as the shockwave circled the world. Because it occurred about 500 feet underwater, the eruption of the superheated molten rock also caused seawater to flash explosively into steam. A plume of water vapor, volcanic gases, and ash 
reached an altitude of 35 miles. That increased the amount of water vapor in the stratosphere, which ends at an altitude of 31 miles by at least 5%. It's absolutely unique, says Holger Vommel, a senior scientist at the National Center for Atmospheric Research in Boulder, Colorado. This has not happened since we've been capable of measuring stratospheric water vapor, which started something like 70 years ago. Like carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases, water vapor absorbs heat in the form of infrared radiation from the Earth's surface and readmits it. So adding a large amount of water vapor would be expected to add to warming for several years until the gas dissipated. This is a paper filed in Geophysical Research Letters. It was filed on July 1st, 2022. They have a plain language summary. Let me read you the plain language summary. The violent Hunga Tonga Hunga Haape eruption on January 15, 2022, not only injected ash into the stratosphere, but also large amounts of water vapor, breaking all records for direct injection of water vapor by a volcano or otherwise in the satellite era. This is not surprising since the, vol- since the caldera was formed, formerly situated 150 meters below sea level. The massive blast injected water vapor up to altitudes as high as 53 kilometers. Using measurements from the microwave limb sounder on NASA's Aura satellite, we estimate that the excess water vapor is equivalent to around 10% of the amount of water vapor typically residing in the stratosphere. Unlike previous strong eruptions, This event may not cool the surface, but rather it could potentially warm the surface due to the excess water vapor. We're hearing all of these stories in the media about Republicans won't do anything to save the climate. At the same time, a book has come out by a man who is encouraging progressive activists to begin blowing up pipelines. It was turned into a movie. It was treated hagiographically by much of the press, the New York Times, the New York Magazine, the New Yorker, uh, various uh, outlets overseas. They all praised the guy for his boldness in encouraging ecological vigilantism to save the planet. We have increased protests around the world right now. Did you know in the 1970s there was a bombing a week in this country by ecological terrorists? A bombing a week in the early 1970s not making that stat up. It's from the FBI. And it was environmentalists doing the terrorism. The American media for the last four months has run headline after headline after headline after headline about extreme weather. It's man-made. It's our fault. Actually, it's not. It's the fault of a volcano. And last year, they were all willing to say, we're going to have above average temperatures due to this volcano spewing that much water vapor into the stratosphere. They all knew it, they all reported it, and they've memory-holed it since. There has not been a major media outlet to mention the water vapor increase in the atmosphere due to this volcano since the heat wave began this summer that everyone predicted would happen last year because of the volcano. 
Instead, they want you to know it's your fault and it's Republicans' fault because Republicans don't want to do anything about climate change because Republicans want a good economy. And you people need to suck it up and suffer to save the planet because it's all your fault. You need to get rid of your gas stoves. You need to get rid of your gas water heaters. You need to get rid of your gas car. You need to give up your life. You need to give up your comfort. You need to be miserable and your economy needs to suck. And it's all your fault. And we need to start blowing up pipelines in this country. The American mainstream media argues that Donald Trump's rhetoric caused an insurrection on January 6, 2021. How much of the climate alarmism in the mainstream media is going to provoke violence by eco-terrorists who are being told by the media we're all going to die unless we do something immediately and it's all our fault. Please ignore the volcano from last year and please ignore our reporting last year that said we're going to see a spike in temperatures because of it. Right now, no. Pretend that didn't happen. It's all our fault. How many people are going to get killed because of the irresponsibility of the media in a narrative generative, in a narrative driven story funded by global war alarmists who pay for reporters to write in these publications and come on television shows and tell you it's all your fault and you've got to give up your economy and your way of life to save the planet. And then what's going to happen is these regulators are going to regulate stuff out of existence. And when the water vapor subsides and the temperatures come down, they're not going to say the water vapor came down. What they're going to say is it was us. We did it. We saved the planet. They have structured a narrative where you are to blame and they are the saviors. And in the process, they are going to provoke another wave of eco-terrorism in this country that we saw in the 1970s. They're going to provoke it. They'll cheer it on this time. And they won't tell you the truth along the way. On January 15th of 2022, last year, a massive volcano erupted, increasing water vapor in the stratosphere by 10%. Every scientific publication at the time that studied it said we're going to see an increase in temperatures over the next two years, so through 2024 because of it. And this year, nobody wants to talk about that. They want to tell you it's our fault. It's our economy. It's our industry. It's not a volcano. It's you. And you must give up your way of life now to save a planet when really it was a volcano, but they just can't bring themselves to be honest because they need you scared. And they need to provoke an army of eco-terrorism. If Donald Trump was responsible for January 6th, the American mainstream media is responsible for the coming wave of eco-terrorism that all of you know is already starting to happen. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation and you may really need HR. Well, you may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want 
U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They could cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam. B-E-E.com. Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. You know, I, I try not to check social media and in, in, in direct messages and in, in, in iMessage and iCloud and stuff while I'm on the radio, and I kind of wish I had this time. Uh, my buddy Ryan, who's a a PhD meteorologist and meteorology and climate sciences, uh, sent me this link he had put up uh, July twenty first. Volcanic estimate: initial scientific estimates were fifty million metric tons of water injected into the stratosphere by the volcano, likely off by a factor of three. New research suggests one hundred fifty million metric tons, or almost forty trillion gallons of water vapor injected into the atmosphere with scientists at the time projecting the Tonga eruption would increase surface temperatures above 1.5 degrees Celsius. The 40 trillion gallons of water vapor of the stratosphere represents an unprecedented amount injected into the stratosphere. Hunga Tonga had only 2% of the uh, sulfur dioxide as Pinatubo, which causes cooling, but a gargantuan amount of water vapor, which causes warming. The eruption of the volcano increased water vapor mass in the stratosphere by 13%. It's going to remain there for a number of years. The unique nature and magnitude of the global stratospheric uh, perturbation of the Hunga eruption ranks it among the most remarkable climate events in the modern observation era. In March of 2023, scientists reported the likelihood of warming uh, would cause the Earth to get closer to the 1.5 Celsius Paris Agreement threshold. Based on the last few months, it appears the effect on global temperatures was underestimated and that much of what we are experiencing right now beyond the El Nino has to do with the water vapor from the volcano in the atmosphere. Truth. That's truth right there. And you're not getting it from the media that is obsessed about just general heating trends. They don't want to be true. They want to tell you a narrative. Another narrative that the media is telling you right now is that everything's hunky-dory with the economy and Bidenomics is genius. Americans for Prosperity is actually pushing back against that. They're on a road trip. Uh, they're going on a tour of the country, talking to voters in areas of the country affected by Joe Biden's economic policies, explaining to them why those economic policies are bad. You can find out more about this trip around America, and you can go be a part of it. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. They're explaining to everyone why Bidenomics is bad, why it's, it's a, a trickle down and, and trickle up and, and uh, ruinous for the middle class. It is a stagnant economic policy. They want you to understand how it can be fixed and how it can be fought. They want to educate you. They want to make you a better conservative activist along the way. You go to americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Find out where the Biden Economics Tour by AFP is happening in your area so that you can be better educated about how bad it is and what you can do to stop it. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. They got 4 million activists around the country already signed up for their cause. Be a greater, more effective advocate for conservative policies with 
with Americans for Prosperity. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com, the Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. bcs-kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here, 877-973-7425, if you want to be on the program, I want to talk about a topic that is in my vested interest. Well, I, I, I need to say something first, though, um, this is just a measure, measure of housekeeping, you know, we have a, a ton of new listeners uh, we cover all of South Florida now. Uh, we cover upstate South Carolina and in the Asheville area. We stretch over into Charlotte, North Carolina, cover all of Connecticut now. And we're getting a lot of emails from people in these places where we've come on the radio lately saying, hey, he talked about X, Y, and Z on the radio. Can I get a link? Well, we do a daily email to everyone who listens to the show. You can subscribe. And uh, if you're a paid subscriber, you get everything that I'm going to talk about, including this story including the stuff about uh, the volcano. We, we All this stuff is in the show notes. So you can text DATA to 33777. You can click the link. You'll save 15%. Um, you will get the, um, you, you'll get the, all the links on all the information from us. Uh, and you don't have to email us and say, where can I get the link? It's in that show notes email. It comes out when the show starts. We want you to be able to read the stuff for yourself. Uh, so you can make up your own mind as opposed to me just telling you what to think. I don't like to tell people what to think. I like to help you think for yourself. This story is also in there. This is from City Journal. And uh, let me let me just set the stage here. This morning before the show, I went to a gym, not the gym I go to, another uh, it's a strongman gym, CrossFit and strongman competition. My wife has stage four lung cancer. And she takes a pill every day that keeps the cancer from spreading. It is contained within her lungs. The tumors do not grow thanks to this medicine. But it's stage four. And my wife was given two years to live seven years ago because the medicine, when it stops working, the cancer grows and it's genetic. There's chemo's not going to work for it. Uh, and for seven years now, we've had this sort of Damocles hanging over our head. Uh, she goes for her scans the same week we have our gathering in August. Every three months she goes and to make sure that everything is fine. She's training for a strongman competition. First, she got a Harley. Then she started working on her tattoo sleeve on her arm. 
Now she's training for the strongman competition. She One of the goals of this competition is to pull a UPS truck. She asked me if I'd go with her this morning and watch her. And I got to tell you, it was it was fun to watch my life. I, my wife, I like to go to the gym myself. Uh, I, I go to a CrossFit gym. I don't like the standard exercise at the gym. The, the, I mean, just going to the gym and working through the street, it's just boring. I, I like the CrossFit exercises. And I, you can tell I'm not a CrossFitter because I don't spend every moment on my show talking about it. I just like that style of exercise better. So I go to the gym when it's closed. I pay the trainer. We work one-on-one. My wife kind of does the same thing as she's getting ready for this competition, and uh, we, we take her health seriously, and we have to. There has been amazing research, and I'll tell you, uh, I, and I attribute this to, to God's providence, that when she was diagnosed with this lung cancer in 2016, it was the Mayo Clinic that did it out in Scottsdale, Arizona, and they said, we're happy to be your doctors, but the guy who is the expert happens to be up the street from you at Emory University in Atlanta, uh, and he has worked on the research and the medicine, and, and he is her doctor. Uh, and I, I will leave him out of it. I don't want his cell phone to light up, but he's a fantastic doctor, and he is my wife's doctor, and he is as in awe of what my wife is pulling off as I am with the strongman competition stuff. Last week, we did fundraising at my flagship station for Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, which is one of the top cancer research facilities for kids in the nation. Cancer research is a priority in this country, Joe Biden pledged to eradicate cancer in this country, to fund the research so significantly that we would find ways to eradicate cancer. He hasn't done that. I don't hold that one against him, although we don't know where all the money went that he raised for the research. Uh, Read, uh, what's his name, Jobs. His father, you might have heard of, Steve Jobs, was the CEO of Apple, died of pancreatic cancer. His son, Reed, is now a venture capitalist funding cancer research startups. But we have a problem And this is a problem that affects every one of us. As academia becomes more cult-like, less committed to knowledge and more committed to narrative, more committed to right-think, cancer research is suffering. John Saylor at City Journal has this story. Last year, San Diego State University conducted a search for a cancer biologist as part of an initiative focused on increasing faculty diversity. While ideal candidates' expertise could be in tumor biology, cancer immunology, or other areas of hard science, they would also be expected to demonstrate a focus on health disparities and a commitment to diversity. San Diego State University required each applicant to fill out a form describing their contribution to building inclusive excellence their version of the diversity statement. Through a public records request, I have acquired San Diego State University's Building Inclusive Excellence Form. It symbolizes a remarkable statement of the university's priorities and demonstrates how even the most high-stakes areas of scientific research must now genuflect to social justice. The form, published on the National Association of Scholars website, requires candidates to describe their inclusive excellence contributions across eight categories, which include demonstrated knowledge of barriers for underrepresented students and faculty within the discipline, demonstrated commitment to teaching and mentoring underrepresented students, demonstrated commitment to integrating understanding of underrepresented populations and communities into research, and research interests that contribute to diversity and equal opportunity in higher education. Far from merely being a symbolic nod towards diversity, these criteria have teeth. 
Per the university's hiring guidelines, the chief diversity officer appoints separate building inclusive excellence screeners who examine candidates' inclusive excellence contributions. Screeners won't advance candidates to the final stage unless they meet two criteria. Departments can appeal a screener's decision, but only with the approval of both the chief diversity officer and the provost. In other words, even cancer biologists now risk limiting their job prospects unless they demonstrate a commitment to DEI. As is now well known, DEI evaluations often amount to ideological policing. It's hard to assess someone's demonstrated knowledge of barriers for underrepresented students and faculty without veering into highly contested political issues. Some consider structural racism and microaggressions to be among the barriers to minority advancement. Others view these concepts as misguided. UC Berkeley's widely adopted rubric for assessing candidate contributions to DEI is even more extreme than San Diego State's requirement mandating a low score for candidates who espouse concepts like color blindness and race neutrality. Now I got to go back to what we talked about last hour. The David Brooks column on maybe the people who are anti-Trump are actually the villains in the story. Let me read for you again a key paragraph here. Members of the elite segregate themselves into booming metro areas, San Francisco, D.C., Austin, and so on. In 2020, Biden won only 500 or so counties, responsible for 71% of the American economy. Trump won 2,500 counties, responsible for 29% of the economy. Once we find our clicks, we don't get out much. In the book Social Class of the 21st Century, sociologist Mike Savage and his co-researchers found that the members of the highly educated class tend to be the most insular, measured by how often we have contact with those who have jobs unlike our own. Armed with all kinds of economic, cultural, and political power, we support policies that help ourselves. Free trade makes the products we buy cheaper and our jobs are unlikely to move to China. Open immigration makes our service staff cheaper, but new, less educated immigrants aren't likely to put downward pressure on our wages. Like all elites, we use language and mores as tools to recognize one another and exclude others. Using words like problematic, cisgender, Latinx, and intersectional is a sure sign you've got cultural capital coming out your ears. Meanwhile, members of the less educated classes have to walk on eggshells, lest they never know what we've changed the usage rules so that something that was sayable five years ago now gets you fired. That's what's going on here. They have added these components at these institutions not to really advance diversity, equity, and inclusion, but to preclude non-progressives from being engaged. One more from David Brooks that I didn't read earlier. We take for granted and benefit from systems that have become oppressive. Elite institutions have become so politically progressive in part because the people in them want to feel good about themselves and they take part in systems that exclude and reject. 
It's like changing the language from homelessness to unhoused. It makes them feel better about the situation. They just change the language. But this is having real-world ramifications. When we premise the quality of someone's research, not on the quality of their research, but on their ideological fidelity to diversity, equity, and inclusion, we regress the sciences. The research downgrades. And think about a lot of the advanced researchers now. A lot of the advanced researchers aren't even natives of the United States. They're natives of India, they're natives of Korea, they're natives of of Japan, they're natives of Taiwan. And they're not into the DEI stuff. They're into the research, they're into the science. And the upper income, academic, liberal, elite, and institutions are depriving those people of research positions because they don't speak the woke language. I have a vested interest in the most advanced cancer research possible in this country. And I want the best researchers, not the ones who worry about intersectional realities of diversity, equity, and inclusion. But too many of our academic institutions in this country are way more interested in diversity, equity, and inclusion than they are actually saving lives, curing cancer, advancing real meaningful research. They're in a cult. It has become a religion. I've got a book coming out next year, the beginning of next year, on how secularism is a new religion. They have liturgies and orthodoxies. They have heresies, apostasies. They have hymns. They have religious gatherings in the form of protest. They have tithing to organizations like Planned Parenthood and the Sierra Club. Progressivism, secularism, it's a new religion. And academic institutions are the high churches of this religion. And you're not allowed into the church unless you're faithful to the adherence of the religion. And being a faithful adherent to the religion means you concentrate on DEI, not on academic research, not on the real world, not on science. It's the hard scientists, the biologists, and the researchers in chemistry and physics. Those are the ones who reject things like transgenderism in colleges, and they've got to be rooted out in favor of uh, soft science researchers in academic fields like sociology who are more willing to bend and yield because they're not really evidence-based. They're emotive. In 2020, Seattle's Fred Hutchins Cancer Research Center conducted a cluster hire of faculty who could demonstrate a commitment to diversity, anti-racism, and inclusion. Per the Research Center's guidelines, such contributions might include a, quote, understanding of the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and related topics such as anti-racism, decolonialization, bias mitigation, and social justice. The programs are funded in part by grants from the National Institutes of Health. Progressives inside and outside of our government are degrading the quality of research into cancer because they're not really interested in saving lives. They're interested in the liturgies and dogmas of progressivism, and this is bad for us. We are entering a scientific dark age where the keepers of the flames of academia have snuffed out the light of knowledge in favor of the cult of identity politics, and we're all going to be worse off because of it. 
There's not a whole lot we can do on that, but we can at least get rid of the foul stench in the air, the real foul stench in the air, uh, by getting the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the Garden of Eden, pure is the driven snow, EdenPureDeals.com. You put in the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at EdenPureDeals.com. You get three of them less than $200. They're odor eliminators. They wipe out odors, smoke odors, litter box odors, pet odors, musty odors, foul odors in the air. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm eliminates them. You can get three of them for less than $200. So you have one for upstairs, downstairs, your basement, your RV, your travel bag, wherever you need it. I keep one in my travel bag. They're the size of my hand. They are not big, and they pack a wall up. You can plug it directly into the wall, or you can use a USB cord, and you can power it off of USB, which works great in a car. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it eliminates odors. It also traps the pollen and the dust floating in the air. I use it as an odor eliminator. It has eliminated smoke odors in my car, musty hotel room odors, uh, pet odors. It works. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC. You can get three of them for less than $200. Well, 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 get a load of this. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Cody, if you're still listening, um, I had to do that monologue earlier. We, we had a guy, his name's Cody, um, was waiting to talk about a topic I would like to talk to him about, but he had to hang up at the time. But if he calls back at the top of the hour, I could get to him. Uh, this story from CNBC, heavyweight oil producer Saudi Arabia will extend a million barrel per day voluntary crude oil output cut into September, the third month of such declines. The kingdom's production for the month of September will be approximately 9 million barrels a day. The 1 million barrel per day cut, which was also implemented in July and August, can be extended or extended and deepened. In effect... Uh, they are raising the global price of oil. Uh, Brent futures with October expiration dates were trading at $83.65 per barrel, uh, up 45 cents per barrel from Wednesday. West Texas crude uh, was at $79.97 per barrel, higher by 48 cents per barrel from the previous day. Prices were under pressure the first half of the year, given macroeconomic concerns, inflationary pressure, and situation in China. But OPEC and Paris-based International Energy Agency forecasts a pickup in demand that could lead to a supply tightening and prices continue to rise. Thanks, Joe Biden, for really making the Saudis mad at us. This has a lot to do with that. You do need to understand that. 